0: The Legendarium Podcast is brought to you by By you. So please visit patreon.com slash legendarium to to support support the show. But for now,
1: welcome welcome to to The Legendarium. Legendarium. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. In this episode, we had a great conversation with Jim Butcher in which he spilled plenty of juicy tidbits and maybe even a wisdom nugget or two. But because this was a Skype call, the audio quality isn't what you're used to on the show. But once you get into the conversation, I think you'll forgive that. So let's get started. Welcome everybody to The Legendarium. Uh, This is a special episode not only because the audio quality isn't what you're used to because we're on skype but because we are talking today with a special guest i am craig hanks and i'm kind of your host today i'll get to that in just a moment but let's introduce the rest of this motley panel well he's so creepy he spends 20 hours a week in women's cardio classes it's ken johnson
0: yes but they don't see me so it's okay
1: (laughs) that's actually it's actually true that's a true story and His wheezing laugh ruins both your car stereo and that year he was supposed to spend in silence at the Albanian monastery. It's Todd Wenty.
2: I still have Albanian uh, assassins trying to follow me for it.
1: I'm sure that's true. And his author author headshot is so glam, he's going to open up his own 80s portrait studio. It's Jim Butcher. Nice to see you. Good to see you too. So uh, we have Jim Butcher with us. And as anybody who's listened to the show long enough knows, I have pretty much no business being here. So I'm going to kick this. <laughs> we needed, we needed somebody this, to
0: push the buttons.
1: I'm going to kick this over to Todd. Todd, you're going to uh, drive for most of this. But we do have some uh, Wheel of Tangents uh, questions that I will jump in with every once in a while. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and uh, it'll, it'll be a lot of fun. So Todd, take it away.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, Jim, welcome to the Legendarium. Uh, We feel like we know you. We know that you have no idea who we are necessarily, but we have to tell you that uh, between our listeners who had been, they actually chased us for about two years, maybe a year and a half, two years. Yeah. And said, if you don't read the Dresden files, we will kill you. And so we took that very seriously and uh, we picked it up and said, Money yeah, well let's
3: spent then. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Because it
2: made it sound like <laughs> they were very serious about it too. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, the and as we as we started in uh, from the very beginning, uh, we were just we were just taken in, and we have we have really become uh, not just uh, not just enjoying the books, but we've become fans as we've gone through. So, uh, and Craig threatened us that if we did any fanboy uh, carrying away stuff, that he would cut us off. So, that's about as close as I get. Uh, I, (laughs) although I did want to say, and I told the listeners on our last episode, I said, if I ever get a chance to tell Jim this, I will. The pacing in Battleground was so phenomenal. There was not a moment where I felt like I, I, I felt like everything fit together so beautifully. It kept me going. And I actually tried to ignore my family for about three days while I was listening to that book.
3: Yeah. It's, it's kind of a no bathroom breaks book.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so,
3: like uh, anyway, I, just no place to go to the. There's no good spot to go to the bathroom in any.
2: Not place. at all. Not at all. By the was, way,
0: we should we should point out from this point on pervasive spoilers for the entire series. Oh, good. Possible. Good. So else yes. Is trying
3: to avoid them it's annoying.
0: No. Yeah. No. no. We, <laughs> we are spoiling the heck out of this thing. Okay.
1: Good.
0: So it it took us 15 months to get to this.
2: So we are. We're so not you holding earned to this, back. right,
1: Ken? Okay. That is
2: right. Well, we uh, we are going to try and ask, we'll, we we want to, we want, oh, hopefully this will be a different interview than all of the other interview questions that you've ever asked on the internet before. Uh, and if we repeat some, I'll apologize in advance. It's it's just the way that things go. Hey, but can, it kind of no, a I light need, heart. I need
1: to go ahead, boy, Ken. For
0: one second. Oh, really dear quick. Lord,
1: Ken. Go I ahead, Ken. To, Here we go. Here we go.
0: Thank you, Jim, for breaking the curse of the billy goat.
1: Oh, you're welcome. <laughs>
0: this, this being the four-year anniversary of the day the Cubs made the World Series.
3: That's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, well, it, actually, it was the Cubs that did it, but then the Dresden Files world had to honor it because there had to be an explanation for it in the Dresden right. Files world.
4: <laughs> that so, was... Because,
3: because it was the king, you know, the king of the Toa Tag, who had, you know, who had enacted the curse... You know, so once it was destroyed, it's like, oh well, I wonder what happened to him.
0: Oh,
2: <laughs> oh! oh. Okay. That curse did not that, end
0: well for him. No,
4: <laughs> no, not, not at so all.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, so, uh, Ken is a Ken is a long time Cubs fan uh, from before the Dresden Files. So, okay, so when, you're
0: a masochist.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. So I was, <laughs> I was
3: very long suffering. To say I, to see, I see, I so. see.
2: Yeah, well, we, yeah, the
3: Cubbies are Harry's favorite team because. You know, he vibes with them. <laughs> <laughs>
2: a lot more so than the White Sox, that's for sure.
3: Yeah, a lot more so than the White Sox, definitely.
2: <laughs> well, the, so I wanted to start with, with a question that has nothing to do with the books at all, but has everything to do with you. Okay. What is the weirdest place that you have ever met a fan? And please tell me it wasn't in a bathroom in a bar. Uh,
3: there, it has been there. Uh <laughs> Not the weirdest place. Uh, I was like in a random store in uh, 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 in Australia once. Uh, uh, and, and walked in there and had the clerk behind the counter just, just all of a sudden get all wide-eyed. You know, Yo, Jim Butcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, I read all your books. You're amazing. You know, and uh, that was a little unexpected, you know, in a 7-Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> No, normally, uh, I'm, only fam- I'm only famous at conventions and inside bookstores, which is, I think, like the perfect level of famous to have because, you know, it's famous enough that, you know, you, c- you can feel nice, but not fa- so famous you have to hide in your house because people will recognize you, you know?
2: Yeah. So,
3: yeah, it's not Hollywood, Hollywood famous. It's, it's, it's just right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, congratulations. And it sounds like even on Australia. And a 7-Eleven, you said? Yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, just just a random D and D nerd working a shift.
2: You there know, you go.
3: <laughs>
2: so, do you play a lot of D and D, or did you when you were younger?
3: Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. I was gonna say <laughs> you cut your teeth on D and D, so yeah. which is
2: perfect for yeah, us.
0: That,
3: that was that was the first one, yeah. And and then um, I, I I haven't played as much lately, although I'm, I've been getting into it more with fifth edition because fifth edition is is actually pretty good. It's uh, fun. Fourth edition would have made a good video game. Uh, it was really clunky and hard to play in real life, but fifth edition is doing better. Um, uh, uh, so I like that a lot. I, my favorite RPG is uh, Warhammer fantasy Roleplay, though, because Ooh. it's just so grim just for the critical hits table alone. Uh, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. Although, although thematically my favorite role playing game is called chill. It's a horror game.
4: Oh, uh,
3: uh, and it says at the very beginning, look guys, we need to introduce you to this game. So right up front, let me just tell you the theme of this game. Anytime you have to round a number when you're calculating, round against the players. That's how it <laughs> works. <laughs> That's,
0: just add that degree of difficulty.
3: Exactly. And, I ran, a, and I, ran, I ran it, but I ran a fantasy game in it. And uh, uh, it was just so brutal. It was the most brutal fantasy game. It was so not fantasy because it was just so mean. Maybe Black Company. <laughs> it might have been Black Company level fantasy. It might have been right around there, but Wow. Quite grim. Quite grim when you play fantasy with a horror rule set. It's it's amazing.
0: I Black, uh, Black Company. We need to get into that one sometime since we've been into Dress. now.
3: Oh yeah, Black Company. Good stuff. I mean, tough to read sometimes, but
1: you know Isn't, written by a guy who had seen some stuff. Red red We're, team is on it. Don't worry, guys. We got it. <laughs> no, that we got, hey, that hey, is coming up very soon.
0: Craig, that's on uh, that's on Harry's bookshelf, actually. So
1: so on that note, you know what? I'm going to pretend that I just spun the wheel of tangents. Uh, and I... <clears throat> so woo, there it goes. Oh, wow. All right. There we go. Circle Breaker on Discord actually asked, The Black Company has been cited among Harry's bookshelves in one of the short stories, but what are some of other Harry's... Uh, others of Harry's favorites that would line his shelves? Harry
3: likes the drizzt Orden books. Uh, uh, you know, any book with Drizzt in it? He likes. Oh, really? Okay. Well, uh, the guy who is like an outcast from his own society, but trying his best, his best to do the best he can, making friends along the way as best he can. Yeah, Harry likes those books. That makes uh, sense. Yeah. Being yeah. a D I mean, I mean, book, I mean, so. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, they're D and D books, but he's like, I don't care. You know, I, I, I I'm gonna enjoy this. Um, let's see, <laughs> he likes, uh, he likes Heinlein, Nazimov. Yay! Uh, uh, he's really kind of a kind of an intellectual reader. Uh, uh, in a lot of ways uh, the, 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 His D&D books are his guilty pleasure But he likes Heinlein and Asimov uh, he, likes, he, he likes Rothfuss okay um, Sanderson he likes But thinks he's a little bit naive
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, 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 let me That's think. well put uh, Oh, I, 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 tremendous respect for Brandon. My God. Uh, when my son wanted to learn more about writing, uh, other than just from me, I said, go listen to what Brandon Sanderson has to say. Uh, let me think what else. Um, he likes the Temeraire books because they're, 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 mixed with, uh, they're mixed with history and they also have magic and weird things. So, you know, that appeals to him. Uh, uh, let me think. Oh, and, uh, uh, uh nine princes in Amber, uh, the Amber series. He loves that. Oh, I was okay. just
0: going to ask. Cause I know that's on your shelf.
3: Is, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's what I'm reading right now. Oh. I'm rereading I'm re- that, and oh, oh my god, I, I had no idea how hard that 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 series influenced my writing. I mean, it shouldn't come as a surprise. I was playing on on Amber Mush like six or eight hours a day, you know, while I was writing the whole first book. But uh, 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 but yeah, yeah, it, it, it's uh, it's it it was really influential.
0: Very cool. That's one Very I cool. want to get into. Uh, we need to get into more Zelazny books.
3: Yeah. Yeah. He was just a great sword and pistol writer. You know, you know, his characters are are the kind of guys to show up to a fight with a sword and pistol just in case, you know, not quite sure what (laughs) fight this is. Maybe it's science fiction, maybe it's fantasy, but I figure a sword and pistol will do me good. You know, and that's, that's sort of how they wound up, how they wound up operating it. And and that was a big influence on Dresden.
2: Sounds like some that we will have to be picking up then. Uh, That sounds like it's going to be on the blue team list for, uh, for the near future. Uh you know, the, the Internet makes research easy today. But I remember I seem to remember you saying that when you wrote your when you wrote Stormfront, that you had not spent much time in Chicago.
3: No time <laughs> in Chicago. Uh, I, I didn't actually get to go to Chicago until Deadbeat.
2: OK. Really? OK.
3: Yeah. That was when I sold my second series and actually started making enough money that uh, uh, I could, you know, we could have food. And, uh, and so it was <laughs> at that point I thought, you know, maybe I should go to Chicago. Look around.
2: So, since you've had the opportunity to do that, um, what has what what do Chicagoans think of of Harry as their professional wizard, or are they mostly oblivious as they should be?
3: Oh, mostly oblivious. Uh, uh, the ones <laughs> who do know, do know about him seem to like him all right. Um, they, they're they're less sure about me because I get things like parking lots around stadiums wrong. <laughs> <Parking laughs> who built a stadium without a parking lot, Chicago.
0: Chicago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, in fairness, that stadium's been there since before cars, so – or that ballpark. I, I,
3: I see no reason why I should cut them that slack.
0: Okay. Oh, my God. All right.
3: That, that's lame reasoning. Fair enough. <laughs> but uh, Todd, what else you got? Keep going, Todd. But yeah, except for, except for SWAT. Uh, the, actually, I had a guy come up to me in Chicago and say, yeah, I'm a SWAT commander. Listen, man, I was reading a short story you did with a hostage situation on top of a specific building – And I'm just sort of wondering who you talk to about that to set that up. Because if he's local, we kind of want to keep track of those kind (laughs) of people.
4: And
2: I said,
3: dude, I used Google Maps. And I used Google Maps and my knowledge of of Call of Duty and and worked it out. And the guy goes, Google Maps. I'm like, yeah, it's three-dimensional. You can zoom in, kind of get things from different angles, see where the lights are, figure out where the cones are going to be. And the guy just goes, ugh. God, I hate the Internet. You know, he, you know he, was, <laughs> he was up on towards retirement, you know, and, and uh, you know, he, he seemed to be one of the coordinator guys back at the office. But, you know, he'd come to talk to me.
0: Oh, interesting. Interesting. Seriously, your level of research in these books uh, is off the charts. And I'm not talking about just uh, geography of Chicago, but your your knowledge of, of uh, sword fighting, of hand-to-hand stuff, of different – magical mythologies and all that you have got to be a voracious researcher for this stuff.
3: And yeah, well, I don't know if I research as much as I just do a lot of reading and I, I kind of am addicted to stories. And so I like picking up stories that that I haven't seen before and, and that come from different places. You know, I, 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 I it's so interesting when you start getting out among people who were not, you know, connected to European society you know, their idea of a story is a very different one. China has a very different idea of a story after 5,000 years of telling stories, you know, than America does after, you know, 200 years of telling stories. Um, you know, especially the written ones, the traditional ones, uh, the ones that are long term in the culture, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and it shows you, it, 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 I think it's a very good lens to show you how different people are and how differently they think about things and how they're their experience and the experience of their culture and their and their ancestry has, has, has changed them, uh, uh, and and so they and also that stories serve a different purpose in other cultures than they do in, in in European culture. You know, our stories all came from the Greek tr- tradition with the idea of, of of this catharsis of emotion. That's not something that's attached to stories in other places. So I mean, interesting. It's, yeah, yeah. So so anyway, I've done a lot of reading. I you know, and so by the time you know you've gone through well russians had a very different ideas of, of fairies than germans did than the norse did than the french did
4: mm-hmm. you know sure. etc
3: and, and so oh, how am i going to incorporate all this yeah, and so you have to you know you kind of have to think about it and, and work on it so uh yeah my head is just a place that's full of weird stories you know? <laughs> um especially well, like the native I mean, american we know we native know native american stories are awesome because they they don't have to make any sense at all and most of them are about coyote or raven and he's never very reliable anyway. So, you know, you, the story doesn't have to go in a predictable or reasonable direction, you know, especially the Coyote stories. So you're like, Coyote had a great idea one day. It's like, OK, yeah, everything's going to go wrong. Keep
2: going. <laughs> Does that uh, that, that kind of lends a little bit with some of the pop culture references that you make with uh, Roadrunner and Coyote and Wiley, Wiley oh. Coyote, Super Genius? Oh gosh,
3: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I watched way too many cartoons when I was a kid, and I, I think it did. I think cartoons have influenced us all way more than we realize. I mean, you—you <laughs> I mean, you guys have seen Fury Road, right? Yes. It's basically, an hour and a half long Roadrunner cartoon. It's even flat. First, they're going this way, and then they're going that way.
2: <laughs> very true. Very true. Um, <laughs> so, one of the things that uh, has always in, uh, has always interested me when we talk about magic systems and the and the the worlds that are created around them are the limitations. Because our world is the world that you're writing in. And uh and you've created a uh or or accessed a magic system um that has some pretty interesting limitations to it. My my I always find myself wondering what's the next limitation that Harry's going to run into? You know, when we first met him it was, oh, I can only do so much if I've got <laughs> I saw this saw the smile. Can you tell us anything about what's coming?
3: Um Yeah, okay. Um originally we originally the plan was for 20 books and a three-book trilogy at the end uh to kind of capstone the whole thing. Um because I've had to split this book into two books and because I've uh, uh been looking back over the, the 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 course of the history of, of the story, I'm going to have to add another book in. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I've got to write, I've got to write it. I mean, it's going to take a novel to deal with the aftermath of, of what happened in Battleground.
0: Yeah. And oh, yeah. The,
3: I, I think the next novel is going to be called 12 Months, and it's it's just going to be about Dresden. Well, I mean, it's going to be about more than it's the Dresden Files book, so there'll be the usual insanity. But 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 the actual story is 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 Dresden coping with all the damage he's taken over the years. Uh, uh, you know that as a writer, I'm not a fade to black guy in the Dresden Files? Uh, it doesn't happen yeah. very often, but it yeah. has happened. And every time that the fade, I've, I've pulled the fade to black and that, and, and that has happened for the most part. Um, it fades to black because Harry's pulling the curtain because he doesn't share the really bad things with anyone. Yeah. You know, not Even the reader. Yeah. There are bad things that have happened to Dresden. And when bad things happen to you, it gets, it's cumulative. It adds up if you don't face it and deal with it. It keeps adding up and adding up until it starts causing you psychological problems and difficulties with your friends and issues with your family. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, if you're out there in the middle of that, you've got to be dealing with it. And he's, he hasn't been. And we're going we're gonna to have a book about, about, about why, you know, the effects of the, of the things that, that have happened over the years, the cumulative and how you deal with them and how you get over them.
2: Yeah, especially uh, now that he's, he's a father. That makes it much more yeah, charged.
3: Yeah, he can't afford to just sit somewhere and, and and feel sorry for himself or to you know or or to drive himself to the brink of of exhaustion and, and 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 starvation trying to find a solution to his problems. He can't do that anymore. He's a grown up. He has a lot of things he's handling. And so and, and yeah, Maggie's the big one. Kids change everything. You know, if you've got a kid there waiting for you, you can't be the guy that's 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 sitting on the on the floor wailing, poor me. You know, yeah, uh, that's not gonna, that's that's not going to work. So uh, it's uh,
0: something that we've through several uh, discussions we've. Yeah, I'm taking it, Craig. Sorry, you can have it next. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's something that we've we've covered in several episodes. Is how self um, was he he takes all the Harry takes all the guilt on himself, and we we've talked about how that's not healthy. So to see you. Uh, say we need something to deal with that. Is that something that's been in the works for a long time? Is that something that's come across organically, uh, kind uh, of as you've written through seventeen books?
3: Uh, n- well, well, this one, uh, no. I, oh God, no! I didn't plan that. <laughs> uh, but 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 no. It, we, we, no, I wasn't planning the the book about about trauma and dealing with it. Uh, yeah. uh, 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 on account of I was busy not dealing with any of my drama. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah. You know, Yeah. Uh, 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 But but yeah, but when you once you start learning about it, it's like, ooh, hey, this is something people need to know. Uh, 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 So, you know, so and and the idea is going to be, look, I'm going to show Dresden. Coping, you know, and and coping isn't always a very pretty thing or a very uh, a a, a very noble thing. Uh, uh, Nobody's particularly pretty when they're in pain, Uh, uh, but but it happens to all of us at some time or another. Horrible things come along. Um, and you got to deal with it. And how do you deal with it? And so I'm going to, so partly this is, this next book is going to be showing Harry Dresden, figuring out how to, how to, how to deal with things that are not slobbery monsters trying to chew his face off. You know, he's really good with those, you know, those he can manage that, that oh, that's, yeah. you know, that, that, that's de rigueur, you know, no, no problem. But uh, uh, you know, all these other issues are, are a different
1: thing and, you know, things. And he has he a not, wedding
2: to prepare for. <laughs> wow, no
1: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we give the listeners their due again? I uh, think it's yes, time to please. spin the wheel, okay? Absolutely. This time I'm spinning the wheel for real. It's actually happening, and we have landed on number seven. This one goes to Math Nut, who asks, uh, if you were able, Mr. Butcher, what other writer would you do a collaboration with a la Pratchett Gaiman?
3: Ooh, it'd have to be somebody I hated. <laughs> really i uh, i i wouldn't wish me on the on the writers that i like and respect you know i i'm i'm terrible in in a, in a group setting it, it is not my it is not my forte
0: so i guess um, that jim butcher larry an korea collaboration is out
3: that probably yeah although larry <laughs> did say that i could do a crossover uh, uh, uh that would be so, so awesome I'm gonna, do a cross, I'm gonna do a crossover story that's going to be the the denarians attacking the, the headquarters at Casador.
0: Oh, please do that. Please do that.
3: <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. I have uh,
0: I have one more collaboration I wanted to pitch or one okay. more crossover. Harry Dresden, Anita Blake.
3: Um, why not? I like Laurel. Why not?
0: I would love that. I know oh, you and oh, Laurel yeah, Hamilton yeah, Anita are
3: friends. You know. I mean, Harry just be like, okay. Yeah, this, this, this <laughs> fine. He could All right. <laughs>
2: Uh, no, with... That's
3: okay. No, thank you. I I, I kind of have a fiance. You know, that would be Harry. <laughs> I love it. You know, trip hey. through through through, through, through Lakeland, but uh, uh, but but yeah, but the monsters are weirder there too. Yeah, that, that, that would be the problem with the crossover with Larry. My God, how much puff would Harry Dresden be worth? Oh my She's God. Right. <laughs> he's a you know he's, he's 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 a he's a he's a, a, a eight or nine figure target for puff. You know, but based on the rules that, that 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 Larry's world is running by. Yeah,
0: I understand. I, w- understand I would buy is? that.
3: Todd. Yeah, you will. They're all are all. I made a deal with somebody wizards. You mostly deal with warlocks uh, in 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 Larry's world. Uh, uh, not you know not with the straight up spellcasters and uh, right. uh, you know that that give I think that gives Harry a lot more. You know Harry's got a lot, got tremendous potential for destruction. So as far as Puff goes, he's up there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, when did you know you had something special in your hands with with Harry Dresden? What was that like? What was that moment like when you discovered it?
3: Uh, I was late for a panel. Uh, it was my first time to dra- Dragon Con, my first big con. Um, I was used to going to cons because I had four books out. And uh, so, I was used to going to panels and having no one come to them, and to readings and having no one come to them. That was, that was the average. You know, that's what happened. Uh, and uh, uh, then I went to... Um, Dragon Con. And uh, they were having a Jim Butcher spotlight panel. I don't know why. Uh, 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 But I was like, okay, well, I'll go to this one and there won't be anybody there, but I'll go to this one. And so I went to the panel and I was running a little bit late and it was down in the basement uh, of the Hyatt. And um, uh, by the time I finally got all the way down there and down the escalators, there's a hallway just stuffed with people. And I'm like, oh God, there's nobody going to be there. I should at least be on time. But now there's this huge crowd to go through. So I go to the back of the line and just and 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 just kind of stand there and wait. And I, I'm i i I'm, I'm hanging out and 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 seeing what's going on. And suddenly I realize it's quiet and I look up and I'm like everybody's staring at me. Like <laughs> a whole full of people. And I'm like, uh, hello? And and somebody says, Are you Jim Butcher? And I said, Do I owe you money?
4: <laughs> and that's No, and I says,
3: well, I'm Jim Butcher. Um, and, and so the guy said, and I'm like, why? And they're like, we're all here to see you. And so I went to the room and it was one of the big downstairs rooms, not one of the little ones. It was a double room and the room was filled and standing room capacity and people gathered around the doors to talk about summer night.
2: Unbelievable. No kidding.
3: Yeah. And I was like, I was like, what, what, what are you all doing here? We're here for you. And I'm like, why? Did, did <laughs> you have anything better to do? It's dragon. <laughs> And and, oh. and, and and that got a lot of laughter. But as it turned out, nerds liked my stuff. That was the first time nerds liked my stuff. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm not doing this for no damn reason. You know? Actually, <laughs>
1: this this uh, leads into a question that, uh, if it's all right, Todd, I'd like to jump Go in ahead. and ask. And that's um, something that I get a lot from our listeners and, and from other people that I talk to. And They recommend the Dresden Files, and they'll often say you know the first three books are good but just wait until you get to summer night wait until you get to book four and then you know really takes off how do you feel about those first three books as you say you kind of took off once book four hit um how do you feel now about those first three books do you still feel like they hold up for you and uh do you enjoy them
3: they were written and plotted by an amateur so you know i mean they're only so good um uh, right now, I think looking back, I think I could start the series off differently and make it a lot stronger and cooler and uh, uh, a lot more interesting. But at the time I wasn't capable of writing a book like that. Um, uh, you know, because I was new and I was still learning stuff. I mean, hell, Stormfront was a class project. You know, that was something I was doing in my writing a genre or, or the, the title of the, of the class was how to write a genre fiction novel and for the course of the class. You wrote a genre fiction novel. That was your final grade. You turned in the novel. Uh, um, I was the only one in class who got an A because it sold. <laughs> it was that kind of class.
0: Wow. Okay. So when you submitted that, I know you submitted the whole, the entire series, treaty, uh, treatise, you know, and uh, your work up on it. Did you, did you see it becoming what it's become 20 oh, years later? No. I mean, you had a you had a 20, 20 story timeline worked out, yeah, but
3: but that was because I was stupid.
0: Exactly, I would say is, is <laughs> it, how much of it has changed since then.
3: No, nothing at this point. Oh my god, except for adding in the extra the extra books. I I'm I'm superstitious right now. I mean, <laughs> because since I was twenty five, I've gotten so much dumber, uh, and 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 just I mean, just I I just feel dumber and dumber every year, and uh, even though I learn more. And, uh, uh, you know, at the time, uh, uh, it seemed like a pretty good idea. And mostly I was just writing the most testosterone filled action stories I could think about and, uh, uh, you know, put them all together and it was made out of bad puns and cool monsters I'd never gotten to use in a D and game. And, you know, I mean, just other <laughs> stuff that was just like random ingredients because I was writing the book to prove to my teacher how wrong she was about writing. Uh, mm-hmm. uh so the way I put it together hardly mattered as long as I did it in her stupid little structured format. Uh, uh, but I wanted the, the reason I, the, the way I had chosen to prove her wrong, uh, I had set out to do everything she told me to do. And then I could show her what kind of, what kind of cookie cutter pablum crap emerged from rigid processes like that. And so I wrote Stormfront, you know, which, showed, <laughs> which showed her totally. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was at that moment that I started feeling dumber and I've just felt dumber ever since. So
2: interesting. Um, has there been a book that has been particularly difficult for you to write in the Dresden series?
3: Ghost story. Ghost story was hard. Really? Yeah. Yeah.
2: What made it hard for you? Uh,
3: It was mostly about my suicide attempt. Oh yeah.
1: Oh, now we're Uh, getting somewhere. I I tend to
3: take my real life and and use it with things. Uh, Actually, all I'm really doing is practicing therapy and I'm charging you all for it. (laughs) <laughs> happy
0: to pay so, for your therapy yeah.
3: but yeah I mean it was about thinking my way in the wake of it thinking my way through all the you know the, the various consequences and stuff that I hadn't been able to think of when I was in crisis uh, uh, you know when you're in crisis you don't think so clear you don't think so good sure. uh, uh, and so ghost story in some ways was a way for me to say hey uh, Clarence this is what you would have given up uh, uh, you know, these are the things that, that you would have lost and these are the people who would have been hurt and these are all the other things that would have happened uh, uh, at that point in your past um, if, you, you know, if, if you'd been better at suicide. Um, uh, uh, but, uh, and, and it's a reason for you to, to, kind, of, to kind of put things in order, you know, to, to step back and look at your life and kind of, kind of stack it in order. But, but yeah, I, mean, I, I, I wanted to write a book about the complications of death and what it does to the people around you. And, uh, you know, we all of us, we're not replaceable. Uh, uh, yeah. That's just, I mean, Sanderson gets that one right. I mean, yeah, Dresden might think he's a little naive, but he thinks Sanderson got that one right. Human, human lives are, are of infinite value. And uh, uh, to take any other stance is to start becoming a monster.
2: And, and I know that when, when we went through Ghost Story, um, I had... Uh, I had taken my my wife and daughter on a trip up to uh, up into Idaho, up into the mountain areas of Idaho. And we we were spending some time with family and I walked I I would go on long walks with my uh, I listened to the book. So I listened to uh, James Marsters, read your material Uh, and which has been a really good fit for me, because otherwise I just I run out of time in a day. Uh, But I would I would leave and listen, and then I would come back. My, um, my daughter attempted to, uh, take her life earlier this year. And as I, as I read through, um, ghost story and heard some of the things that, uh, that Harry was dealing with about the ideas of memory and about the power that memory has, um, I found I, I found myself thinking about new ways to talk to my daughter about those issues. I had no idea that that was where it came from for you. But I I want to thank you for that because it has made a difference for us. Um, it also caused me to cry a lot during that trip, by the
1: way. Uh, and, every and every episode that you recorded after that, right? Yeah. yeah well, okay. And, and let's be honest. That.
2: if there's if there's one of us that is a little too in touch with his emotions in our in our team it's probably me uh
0: well it's the way it goes let's give let's give jim a little bit of credit there for all of the punching and all the action and all of the the harry's a simple guy kind of writing which is fantastic you managed to put really powerful emotional uh, important bits in every single story as evidenced by Todd who cries at every single discussion.
2: I do. I do. <laughs> especially when, especially when we're talking about, uh, about the relationship between Michael and Harry, you said that uh, a lot of the things that you write about come from you. Do you have a Michael in your life?
3: No, I do. <laughs> uh, but he passed when I was about 21.
2: Uh, that that relationship with Harry and uh, with uh, the the relationship that we've been able to watch um, as we've read through those books has been one that that we in the legendarium have continued to come back to to say, boy, it's a good thing that Harry's got Michael, otherwise what kind of a monster could he possibly be? Um, and and it has caused uh, all of us at different times to reflect upon, the way that we influence other people. So uh, thank you for that. I know for me as much as I would love to say I try to be more like Harry, I honestly try to think, gee, what would Michael do in some of these situations? Cuz Harry just blows stuff up. But but Michael seems like he might take just a little bit of time bef- before he blows things up.
3: <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, uh, well, it, it's because of the difference of their of their personal philosophies. Uh, uh, Harry Dresden is very focused on uh, uh, protecting the innocent because there's been times when he was innocent and had no one to protect him. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, that's something that he focuses on. And, uh, and he, doesn't, he doesn't worry himself too much about the people who are hurting innocent people. He, 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 he's not, <laughs> he, he doesn't spend a whole lot of time thinking about what's fair to them. Uh, nope. Uh, right. uh, so, and, and, and he's fine with that. Um, Michael is somebody who's different. He, he has answered a higher call. Um,
4: mm-hmm.
3: it's something that has limited him in many ways, but also something that gives him tremendous power wherever he is. Yes. Um, Michael's, Michael's philosophy is, is, is one that is greater than just, uh, defending the good against the evil. It's the go forth and, and you know, don't go forth and destroy evil, go forth and convert evil, go save it. Um, that yeah. th- those are, those are still people who, you know, that, that, th- th- those people have gone down that path they need someone to save them. They need it. They need another chance. They need, yeah. you know, they need to be given a choice, to, uh, a, an opportunity to exercise free will and turn away from what they're doing. Because ultimately that does more, uh, uh, that does more to do good for the world than just going up against somebody who's evil and slugging in out and taking them down. Uh, yeah. Um, because even because when you do that, you do horrible things to yourself as well. That's all there is to it. You know, if you go out doing horrible things to people, even if they're bad people, it does bad things to you and you have
4: to. Care. Yeah. Right.
3: Um, uh, and Michael has, a, has answered a different call. You know, he, he goes out. His path is a lot more heartbreaking. Um, yes. You know, because he keeps trying to save people and most of them don't want to be saved. Yeah. That's all there is to it. Um, well, and it breaks his heart when it happens. But he has charity. You know, Yeah. She, she's good with that kind of thing.
2: Yeah. It's, well, and it, it, they've certainly been good foils for each other and really good uh, from from a storytelling perspective, really good ways to embody different perspectives and make both of them very respectful. That's one of the things that I've I've really appreciated about the way that you've approached things is that um, these are these characters are are more real people then sometimes we get in the genre. There, they, I mean, obviously we've got some really, really bad dudes, and we've got some really, really good characters. But most of the people that Harry deals with, they're they're human beings that are that are flawed themselves and are struggling with those flaws, and it makes them really, really fascinating to read. Um, when when I read um, or listened to Day One, and you indicated oh, that yeah. Butters was supposed to be a throwaway character. I I just about I, I, I can't remember whether I whether I gasped or I laughed or did a little bit of both. Uh but even you know even with Butters and with some of these side characters, wonderful examples of of human beings trying to figure out how to deal with all the stuff they got.
3: Yeah, those poor bastards. (laughs) (laughs) They live in the universe ruled by an evil god. And uh, (laughs) I I feel sorry for them sometimes. Not for very long, but,
1: you know, for a little. (laughs) Take it away, Craig. Can I sneak in another listener one? Here we go. Please. All right, so we're going to spin the wheel again. The listener wheel of tangents. This is number two. Okay, this one comes from Iridandus who asks, oh. what question do you wish fans would stop asking you about your books? Now, I want you to answer this one carefully and think back on all the things that we've asked you and uh, don't say any of those things. Okay, <laughs> okay. that will be great.
3: Um, <laughs> oh gosh, where do you get your 40. ideas? That's, that's, that's one of them. Because not only do they ask you, you can't answer. Nobody knows where you get your ideas. You know? <laughs> right. Uh, uh, let me think. Uh, uh I, I don't really know I mean I, I don't really get tired of most of the questions Because the ones that I've answered a lot I've usually come up with like a canned funny answer And I can tell it and get a laugh And <laughs> and so plus it's Plus you know I've already done that work So it's you know it's like kicking back And you know I I, I, I believe in constructive laziness uh, it's, it's, done <laughs> it's done me great good in my writing career
2: Working smarter not harder
3: Yes exactly
2: uh-huh. So So uh... Uh, your books have been filled with so many pop culture references. Uh, in fact, uh, I, I don't you probably aren't, you probably aren't familiar with what we do here on the on the Legendarium. Ken does a recap of every one of your books. Okay. And occasionally yep. he tries to do them based on themes of some of the pop culture references that you've done along the way.
3: OK, we have to go back and look at some of these.
2: <laughs> we've we've oh, we've heard star wars we we know that uh we've we, you know a lot of star wars a lot of star trek a lot of cartoons uh dnd the office showed up one day uh as as he was running through demon reach and doing parkour and we we got to laugh at that <laughs> are there some are there some pop culture references that you've been holding on to that you're ready to just kind of deal out that you can give us hints on or do they just or do you just say yeah this one sounds funny i'll, I'll use this I one now use them.
3: I just use them it's getting harder because it's so hard to find ways to get harry to have seen the mandalorian you know (laughs) (laughs) how does he see the mandalorian um oh whoa, no no that's not hard at all now he's got bob back i forgot uh uh, bob 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 is a radio he receives all the em waves uh uh so so i mean you know internet uh, uh internet cable uh a uh, satellite a uh, uh, radio whatever he, he can receive all of those so so bob can, re- can so bob can he can be, Harry can put, from from at this point can put bob on a table and say bob play mandalorian and and bob So we might smartass, ass and, and 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 then not you know
2: so <laughs> we might have a we might have harry looking at somebody at some point and saying i have this spoken
3: is... oh no he yes, says yes, this exactly. is the way this is
2: the way <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: this
3: is the way i have spoken
2: <laughs> it's um, it's been fun to watch
0: your pop culture references evolve over over twenty years. I mean, because you've got twenty years to go from pretty much always Star Wars to uh, my favorite one about calling a Titan Regina George. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, that was
0: fun. <laughs> uh, which uh, I was uh, I was yeah, hoping I've been for a the
3: next one with gargoyles references. So, oh, oh yes, yeah. Ooh. hey, he's a wizard with a castle. Gargoyles got to have some oh, gargoyles. Got to, to it. Yes, yeah.
0: At least one Goliath reference. It's a requirement.
3: Yes. Yeah.
2: So you mentioned
3: my gargoyles. I'm going to, I'm basing them on pit bulls.
2: So nice. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. You, uh, you mentioned Bob, Bob has been, Bob has been an, an interesting character bouncing back and forth between Harry and butters and back to Harry. Where did, where did the idea for Bob come from? I know we're not supposed (laughs) to ask where your ideas come from, but that one seems so uh, the the idea that the skull that everybody had on their, on their tables during medieval times to remind them about their own life. But then you've turned it into this, into this palace for a a being of thought. Was he a nice plot device or did you find that someplace that you said, boy, I got to find a way to use this?
3: Uh, I thought it was super cool and original right up until I rewatched an old episode of (laughs) (laughs) Scooby-Doo. And, uh, uh, but uh, um, uh, when I came up with Bob, all right, there's, there is in writing um, a concept, uh, a, a, a craft concept called the joy of idiocy. And the idea is, is that you keep an idiot around to ask questions so that, people can answer the idiot's questions on stage and the audience doesn't have to feel stupid because the idiot does that for them.
2: Right, right. So
3: you keep a dummy around to ask questions. So in Stormfront, uh, uh, after that, after that, in that first chapter, Murphy's the dummy. She doesn't know what's going on with his dead body and so on. So she asks a lot of questions and Dresden answers them. And that's how we give the reader the information that they need to get going on this plot. Right. So, uh, I just got done with that chapter, and and explained to her how I'd use the joy of idiocy uh, for that one. And, and this was in you know in our our weekly uh, uh, hour long uh, co- um, uh, course. Uh, so it was a solo study course, so you'd go to, into her office and just talk with her about writing for an hour. And uh, uh, so I said, yeah. And in the next scene, you know, he's going back to his apartment because there's some things about magic that even he doesn't know. He's not like the the end all be all of magical knowledge. He's just sort of like a real knowledgeable journeyman plumber. Mm -hmm. um uh uh, um so in the next one i'm going to give him this companion that that can only live at his house who knows more about magic than he does but then harry gets to be the idiot when he talks to his companion and and my teacher says uh, and i had a a magical creature of some kind in mind and my teacher says okay excellent that is a good plan just be careful that you don't make him a talking head um (laughs) A talking head being a parlance for a character who shows up and gives information and does nothing else and is otherwise not involved in the story at all. Also known uh, as Captain know, X. Like the 50s, they'd go to the scientist in all the 50s horror movies and the scientists yeah. would be like, well, as you know, Dave, or as you know, Bob, the ant is 10 times stronger, etc." you know. Yeah. Uh, um, but, you know, so, you know, and that was what we always used was the as you know, Bob uh, uh, thing. So I invented a literal talking head named him Bob. <laughs> my teacher reads the chapter slaps it down on her table looks up at me and says you think you're cute don't you <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> and that's where bob the skull came from he's an inside joke between me and my writing teacher i love uh, it you thank know, you like, so you much for know, sharing that Manhattan accent, but that's that's neither here nor there it just never really come up
2: that is that is perhaps one of the funniest things I have ever had an opportunity to hear. I love it.
3: Between yeah, that right. and
2: Bob saying, I'm going to Utah, nothing like this ever happens in Utah because yeah. all of us are based <laughs> in
1: Utah. So oh, okay. it's it was So we know. <laughs> so, yeah. so we, we're, so we we're, we're right the there with show. you. Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: Case well, right, point, we have one more in case in point. We could only get you over Skype. We, you're not actually in Utah because nothing happens in Utah. So oh, right. well, that's it. Then. <laughs> Craig, do we have one more question from the wheel? Yeah, I stole that
3: from my son. Actually, my son actually informed us of that when he was fourteen. Really weird. I need some normal Uh, parents. I'm going to Utah. Utah.
1: (laughs) He'd hate it. (laughs) I have have spun the wheel, and uh, you guys are going to think I made this up. I, I swear on everything that is holy, this is true. Uh, this this question comes from Little Red Book, and she asks, if you could have Bob for a day, what would you ask him to help you do? <laughs> uh, I'd use
3: him for investing.
1: Ooh, All right.
3: Nice. Yeah, that is a,
1: you, know, you know what that answer. reminds me of? I'm sorry. This reminds me of our... D and D episode. D D
0: exactly. And
1: <laughs> Todd had to keep reminding us that we are fun adventurers, and we kept asking what the 401k plan was on this, uh, you know, this particular quest. Uh, you know, whether we wanted to take the job. Uh, you so were
2: asking about that, healthcare.
1: That, that that was that was an exceptionally uh, fitting, boring answer. So well, I
3: played a horror. I played a horror D and D game uh, that was set in a, on a haunted house, and it was like a demented haunted house, like. Dolls would come to life and, and pull out their hairpins and stab you, oh. and, and, and that kind of haunted house. And then wherever you got stabbed, you would grow boils, and you would start being able to see a little doll inside the boil, get, growing <laughs> under your skin. That kind oh. of horrible things. Uh, and I was playing a dark elf I was playing a dark elf sorcerer who was going through the whole thing, going, Well, yes, I mean, obviously, the, it's it's a little disturbing that there's a there's a there's a kettle of blood boiling on the kitchen counter, but. <laughs> Look at all the storage space. <laughs> <laughs> Once we cleanse this house, we must buy it. <laughs> and he was just going through talking about how awesome the house was. So afterwards, you know, you're not supposed to be able to cleanse the house. You're just supposed to be able to make it safe for a generation, you know. But because my character had been talking about how good the house was and, and, and going shame on you to all the people who were talking about how horrible it was, Shame on you! You're not grateful at all for what this place could be. (laughs) (laughs) But, but then the house turns around and says, "But, but then the house turned around and liked my guy, so we just we moved in." Uh, And the rest of the company (laughs) was based out of the haunted house. Uh, You know, all these tax collectors were showing up trying to get the back taxes on the house. This is. This we just kill happens. them and animate their corpse and send them back. We were in the city of Dis, so that was considered normal
1: metropolitan business. You know? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, Dada, this is. what I, I think we've. When... I think we've got time for one more. Uh, sorry, Ken. Right, one more.
0: But... I was going to say, this is what happens when D and D adventurers grow up, as we get stories like this. I, I had one question. Are what um, what other mythological realms Do are we Do you going have to a see?
1: question, Ken? Do you actually have a question? Yeah, time? will
0: you shut up, Craig? That's my question. <laughs> <laughs>
1: sorry. sorry, go on. Okay, I, try again. I, I am very sorry. Okay,
0: so what, <laughs> other, what other realms of mythology, sorry for the dogs, geez, that we haven't seen are on the horizon? Uh, we're are... we're
3: going to get a lot more into Cthulhu. Yes. Um, uh, you know, that's fun. Uh, we're going to get a lot more. We're going to get a lot more of the other pantheons. We're going to find out what all the gods have been up to
4: mm. uh,
3: for the past several thousand years. Nice. Um, and the answer is professional wrestling. A lot of them, you know, so <laughs> they get worshippers that way than they ever did with temples.
2: Wow.
3: You ever gone to w- a WWF match? There's energy there. That's all I'm saying.
0: Oh yeah. I cannot wait to see The Rock in the Dresden Files.
3: Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Because you know what's Hercules been doing all this time.
1: Appropriate <laughs> starring as himself in films, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah. What else would he do? Uh Thor's been more laid back. What Thor's
3: general plan is he goes around to uh universities and is a walk-on on their football team. Uh, uh and, and then he play and then he just plays on the line and has fun playing football. Uh, uh and then he like joins up with the meteorological teams that go out and study tornadoes and stuff like that.
4: <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> he like
3: volunteer, he's like an intern for them, he drives their car. You know, into the middle of frantic hailstorms and tornadoes, laughing wild like a madman. You know, <laughs> God of Thunder doesn't care about that stuff. He thinks it's fun,
2: right?
1: That sounds delightful. All right, Todd, you got one more.
2: I do have one one last question that I and and this one is more uh, and if this is a if this is a question that's too personal to answer, you're more than welcome to say I'm sorry. This is too personal. But is there something that has been that a fan has said to you? that really stuck with you and said, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of what I'm doing.
3: It didn't make me say I'm proud of what I'm doing. It made me very confused for a long time. Um, Oh, uh, uh, it's, it's been more than once that fans have come up to me and say, Hey, I would have lost my mind without this book, without your books. Uh, uh, You know, they kept me sane in Afghanistan. They kept me sane on a six month tour where where, we where the sub never surfaced, you know, uh, uh, they kept me saying, you know, somewhere else. Uh, I get that a lot. Um, and what can you say? But Thank you. You know, well, hey, great. I'm really glad they helped. But, but yeah. it's not like I set out to help those people when I wrote those. I just wanted to make enough money that uh, uh, my family could eat and not have to wear a tie. You know, that, that was really my main goal as a writer. Uh, it wasn't my job to help those people, but they come up thanking me. And, and I think to myself, if I say you're welcome, I'm taking credit for that. You know so what do i so so normally what i say is hey man if they helped you i'm really glad that that's fantastic and so i thought about it for a long time because i couldn't take credit for it so i couldn't say you're welcome uh, and that didn't seem right either and the conclusion i finally came to was a little bit longer but what it amounts to is is that what i was doing there I, I was not trying to set out to help people i was doing something that was genuinely good though it wasn't like a huge bit of good it's like a little mustard seed bit of good Uh, uh, but that good was, I just wanted to write books that people would enjoy and be able to talk to their friends about and have fun reading that that's, that's been my goal as a writer. Um, and because I did that and because I did that with the idea of, of, of creating friendship and fun and, 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 and things to talk about, uh, I did, I, uh, um, uh, I, I put out a little seed of good into the world. And for some people that seed landed at the right spot and it got the right amount of light and water and it grew into something bigger. And the Dresden Files, crying out loud, they grew into something bigger. I didn't mean to. There's a lot of people taking shade under that tree. But all I did was put a seed in the ground. I mean, I didn't make the sunshine. I didn't make the rainfall. I didn't make the seed grow. But I put it in the ground. I did that much. Um, so yeah. what I tell people now is, is, is what I tell people. It's like, look, all I did was plant a seed. And, and you know, it was, it was you investing energy in it that made things happen. You walked yourself out of that dark. I just happened to give you a painkiller so that you could get up and start walking, you know, but you walked yourself out of it. But if you really feel a need to pay me back, the way you pay me back is you go plant some seeds of your own, go do small, good things that help other people. That's how you pay me back. That's how you make the world better.
2: Very cool. That, Thank that's you.
3: That's what I got to. Uh, it took me about 10 years to, to get to that. But, but eventually that's where I got to, uh, that's I didn't so really mean to do you good. I'm really glad if it did, if you want to pay me back, Go find some random person and do them good.
0: Such a great response.
2: I got nothing. I
1: can't. I, uh, <laughs> no, I, I feel got nothing like to uh, I feel like that's a pretty good place to call it. What do you say, Todd?
2: I think that this has been one of the best episodes we've ever had. Yeah. Jim, good. thank you so much. So much for joining
3: us. Sorry so, about the yeah. problems, guys. The mic is out on my laptop or it would have been simple.
1: That's all right. You know what? The listeners have no idea about that. So they, okay. yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs>
0: as far as they know, uh, this was flawless.
1: Jim, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you to all the listeners who submitted questions that I wasn't able to get to. You know, we know how it goes. It can sprinkle a few in, but I can't get to all of them. Uh, But thank you very much. Uh, If anybody else would like to join the conversations that we have, you can go to Discord. Hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, whatever. I can get you a link to join our Discord and uh, join that server. Don't forget, if you enjoy what we do on The Legendarium to support us at patreon.com slash legendarium. Uh, What am I forgetting, Todd? Anything else? No. I think we're good.
2: You're good. You remembered everything the way that I would have remembered. Oh, wait.
1: We're not there. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. Thanks again, everybody. And uh, we will see you next time. Metal.